or <laughs> Joe, Joe, can you put up? John 6.35. Yes, Holly. What time is it? Communion time. <laughs> Communion time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, what a special day this is that we celebrate. This is the most special day. Lord, help us to just feel your salvation this morning. And uh, this week when I was praying about the service today, and I was praying about communion, and I'm like, Lord, I've how many things more can I say about communion? <laughs> and, um, but listen, this is what I want us to hear. There's a supernatural connection to Jesus that we need, that he provided. He provided it, he completed it when he went to the cross. And he gave his life for us, and he shed his blood that we would be forgiven. But we know that on the night he was betrayed, think about that, the night that Jesus was betrayed, right? You've been to family dinners where we all sit around the table, right? And the disciples knew something was going on, something was happening. They could feel it. They could feel it in the air. They could feel that Holy Spirit electricity because Jesus wasn't alone. He was right there. The Holy Spirit was with him. The Holy Spirit was with Jesus the whole time. He was with Jesus, preparing him and helping him. He was with Jesus when he was born. He was with Jesus all through his life. And he was with Jesus the night that he was betrayed. And that very night that he would give himself up to the Roman soldiers, that very night he met with his disciples. And it was such a hugely important time. Because Jesus had been preaching something his whole time while he was in ministry. And this is what it was. And this is what boggled people's minds. Right? That he was the bread of life. He was the bread of life. Ali, can you come here for a second? Can you come here and go get the bread for Grandma? Jesus was the bread of life. And just so you know, here, Ollie, come here. Come here. Come here, boys. Come here for a second. So Jesus, he told us in the scriptures, right? Can you hold up the bread, Ollie, so everybody can see it? 
right? Jesus said he was the bread of life. Let's read the scripture together. Then, let's read it together. Can you stand for a second? Hold the bread, honey. Hold the bread. Come here. Come Come here. Come over here. Yep, hold it. Stand right here so everybody can see. There you go. Okay, here we go. We're going to read together. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Can we have the next? But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Very good. (laughs) Okay, stand here, stand here. You get it in the thing, okay? All right, boys, you can pass it out now, okay? So Jesus, the bread of life. If we partake today by faith in him, if we partake together by faith, we will never go hungry again. You know why? Because the DNA of Jesus Christ, the DNA of Jesus Christ will enter into our body, into our DNA. It will become a part of us by faith, by faith. Faith activates it. How many of you have heard about the temple that Moses was directed to build. Has anybody heard of that or read about it? The temple that Moses, the tent of dwell, the tent of tabernacles, tent of meetings, right? So God directed Moses to build this tent of meetings. Well, in it, he created the holy place. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, Ephraim. So we're going back a little bit to the Old Testament, right? And I want you to think of Moses for a minute. Okay? Everybody look up here. I don't want you to miss this. (laughs) Moses. Okay, you've seen Moses, right? who comes and he delivers the Israelites out of captivity and he takes them into the wilderness. And while they're in the wilderness, God commands him to build the, the tent of meetings where it's the church, it's the tabernacle where they meet. And do you know back then 
that what they did, they had a place in the tent of meetings. It was the, they had the outer court and they had the inner court once you went into the tent. And then they had another separated part that was covered by a veil. And inside that is like a curtain, right? And inside the curtain was the Holy of Holies. Guess who was in there? Can you guess? Well, this is what they had in there, right? They had three things. They had the uh, light. They had a, a table with a light on it with a candlestick, right? They had, the, and it represented um, the light of God, the, what, do you remember what it represented, the candle? The 12 tribes of Israel. And then they had the table where they had the bread, the showbread. <laughs> you could tell. The showbread. Say showbread. Show every week, every week, the priest had to go in and only the priest could do it, and they had to make fresh bread. They made 12 loaves, and they stacked them in groups of six. And they again represented the tribes of Israel. But do you know what they represented? The bread of life. They represented Jesus. And, and so they were... The, the, priests would go into the tabernacle and they would go in and they would uh, make an offering to the Lord. And even back then when Moses was uh, leading the Israelites through the wilderness, Jesus, the bread of life, was with them. So then Jesus comes to earth and he comes as a baby. He's the bread of life when he comes as a baby. He's the bread of our life, even as that baby, that little innocent baby who came to be born, to come in the flesh. He was God of the universe, sitting by God the Father. He was there at the beginning of time. Before that, he was the Lord of armies, but he came as a baby, and he came as the bread of life, and he grew up and then he gave his life on the cross. This is what we celebrate at Easter time. And then he was the bread of life. And he sat in that evening dinner with his disciples. And he knew that that night he would be taken. He knew that that week he would be crucified. He would suffer. He would die. He knew. He was God. He knew everything. But he sat with his disciples that he loved and ministered to for three years, and he, he passed out the bread to them as we passed it out today. He passed it out, and he knew what he was giving them that day. It wasn't just a piece of bread. It was him. It was him. He said, he held it to them, and he said, this is my body. Hold up your bread. And he's saying this morning, this is my body broken for you. 
And all we have to do is surrender and break it. So we break it in honor of him because he broke the bread. And we're going to partake with him this morning. Let's partake together of the bread of life. The bread is broken for our healing. Jesus gave his body, the bread, the bread of life, so that we would be healed. So when we partake and we swallow that bread this morning and it comes into our body and it becomes part of us, miracle takes place. Jesus dwells within. He dwells within you by faith. Can people take it and nothing happens? Yes. You can take communion. It's, it actually says, it warns us in the word, don't do that. Don't do that. Because people have actually gotten sick and died when they have taken it. And, you know, back then they were they were getting drunk at the church, and they were, it was crazy. They were doing terrible things. But it's not like us. We come, and it doesn't mean you have to be holy or perfect, or even if you don't have any feeling about it. You may not even feel uh, any kind of emotion when you take communion. But by faith, and you say it, you say it in your heart, you say it in your mind, and you say, Jesus, I receive your body broken for me, your healing for me. And we thank you, Lord, this morning that you are the bread of our life. You are the bread of life from the beginning to the end until you return again. And Lord, we just thank you and praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being the bread of life. And then we take the cup. He took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And by faith, Lord, we take it this morning. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. And that, that step of faith... The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the body of Jesus for us, for us to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be healed, to walk in power, to have eternal life. That means a life that never dies, a life that never dies, and it starts right now. It starts as soon as you believe this morning and as we believe together and father we just pray a final blessing on your people this morning bless them father bless them bless them with your body and with your blood let faith rise up in our hearts to receive all that you have for us and we thank you and we praise you and everybody said amen
Amen. God is good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Grace, you want to come on down? <laughs> I thought this morning that we missed a memo that church started at 1130 instead of 11. I'm like, did we have a new start date today? Everybody's getting accustomed to coming late. That's a bad habit. It's a bad habit. Yeah, I know. Then you won't get here till 1. And then I'll be like, no. All right, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for this tithes and offerings that you're bringing in this house. I pray that you would bless it, bless the work of our hands, prosper us, Lord God, and I pray that you would be with us in all that we do, in all that we'll ever be, and wherever you'll send us. pray that we would listen to your voice and be obedient to you as we give cheerfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There is a place that flows crimson blood down the cross. All right. If you got your Bibles, you can open them up to John chapter 11. I'll be preaching in and out of John chapter 11 and chapter 12 today so you can get ready, so you can prepare yourself. Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, amen? Where are those palms? Raise them up, raise them up and wave them. Come on, let's see them, there you go. Raise up your palms and wave them, amen. Amen, there you go. That sounded like the wind I heard last night, Ephraim. <laughs> so that sounded like the wind I heard last night. But today we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. You know, it's so funny because uh, Julie mentioned it earlier. And I know we talked about it earlier. But I can't help but think of the two times that Jesus has wept. Can't help to think of everything that happened before Jesus entered into Jerusalem. And think about how is Jesus feeling today? How is Jesus, how do you think Jesus is feeling today about you, about our nation, about our lives? About our families. Today we celebrate, celebrate, celebrate Jesus coming in to Jerusalem, riding on a colt. Soon we're going to celebrate Jesus entering this atmosphere one more time, riding on a white horse. I wonder, as Jesus looked down in Jerusalem when he was on the colt, that he wept over the city, if Jesus is getting ready to mount his white horse, that if he's not weeping over what he's seeing on the earth, or weeping today over what's coming 
just like he wept over Jerusalem. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was coming. They didn't know what he was doing. Just like we don't know the hour, the time, the day that Jesus says no one knows the hour of Jesus' return except for the Father. I wonder if he's in heaven looking down upon the earth and weeping over it because he because we don't know that his soon return is eminent. Imminent. Imminent, eminent. I think of all the events that took place beforehand. <clears throat> In that very hour, <clears throat> before he was coming, the days before he was coming, I think of what Jesus was doing. Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus was sick just days before he came into Jerusalem. <clears throat> Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going there to wake him up. You know, I want you to think of this. I want you to put your name in place of Lazarus right there. And think about the hours that we're living in and the days that we're living in and the times that we're living in. Chris, you've fallen asleep. I am coming to wake you up. I am coming to wake you up. Caleb, I am coming to wake you up. Julia, I'm coming to wake you up. Stella, Oliver, Jackson, Jordan, Annie, Julie, Grace, Joe, come on, all of us. I'm coming to wake you up. You've fallen asleep. You know, it's so funny. I relate to these things. This is like a prophetic statement, what Jesus is doing here, prophetically. If you look at there's a lot of parallels here to the story of Lazarus and before he entered Jerusalem. That's prophetic about this day, if you think about it. Before he enters Jerusalem, he goes. He gets message. And he tells his disciples he's not asleep. He tells his disciples he's fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And then, you know what the disciples say and his friends say about, about him, about Lazarus? Well, he's fallen asleep. Let him sleep. Let him rest. Because, you know, he needs his rest. He needs to sleep so he can feel better. Right? That's what they said to Jesus. Then Jesus bluntly had to turn around and say to him, No, Lazarus is dead. 
I mean, it's just like the world about our, our relationship with Christ, if you think about it. The world would say, don't go to church, don't worry about it. You got plenty of time. Get your rest while you can. Don't get your sleep. Sleep while you can is what the world will tell you, right? Sleep while you can. Get your rest. And I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody here, okay? I'm just saying. I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. This just the word came to me this morning and was speaking to me about this, and it's a parallel to what is going on in the world today. Go ahead and rest and sleep. You don't need to go to church. You'll be all right. Get your sleep. Get your rest. You don't have to worry about putting God first. You got plenty of time since the Lord is long coming. Where is he? He said he's going to be here any day. He's been saying that for thousands of years. Right? So we got plenty of time. But just like Jerusalem didn't know the time or discern the times of Jesus' entrance, we too are not discerning the times. I mean, I wrote down here, Chris is dead, and for your sake I'm glad. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Here's Jesus, the friend of Lazarus, and he says this to his disciples. Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I wasn't there to heal him. I'm glad so that you may believe. So that you may believe. But let us go to him. I think of the church and I think of ourselves and our own Christian lives and I think of how dead some of us are. How dead is my own Christian life? Right? How dead am I? I can't judge any of you. I can only judge myself. Because I know my own heart. I don't know your heart and where you stand. But I'm dead a lot of the times. Throughout the week. And you know, and when I get into God's word, that's when I really feel the spirit of God a lot. When I start reading his word and worshiping. But when I'm alone and I'm reading God's word is when I know the Holy Spirit speaks to me. But how many times do I let the world say, just don't worry about it. You got plenty of time. You got tomorrow. Today's Monday. You got till, you know, you got six days left out of the week to get into God's word. Then pretty soon Wednesday comes around. Have you read the word? No, I haven't read the word. I've been so darn busy. I don't have any time to read the word. And when I get home, I'm so tired. And then the next thing you know, it's Saturday. And a whole week's gone by again. And have I been in the Word? No. But when I get in the Word Sunday morning, it comes alive. How much more life would we have if we got in the Word Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? And then Sunday, 
just full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Word of God coming into this place to celebrate and worship the King of Kings who made a triumphal entry and who's going to make another triumphal entry again. When we're ready to stand up and praise Him with all of our strength, all of our mind, all of our heart. Because that's what life's all about. You want to know what life is, read God's Word. You want to know what life is, believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died on the cross. Who rose for us on the third day. That's what life is. Because that's what eternity is. And eternity is all that matters. Because our lives are but a flower that bloom one day and wither the next. I mean... We have a flower shop. We know how fast flowers can die when you get them cut and you don't put them in water. They die fast, almost overnight. That's how fast our lives are. Our lives are short, very short. Might not seem like it when you're young, but when you start getting older and you're seeing how fast time flies and you realize that not just the months or the weeks go by, but the years go by in a twinkling of an eye. And then the next thing you know, you got gray hair and a gray beard, and you're slurring, okay? And you're drooling your sleep, all right? That happens to the best of us. Chris is dead, and for your sake I'm glad, so that you may believe. You know, there's an hour coming, and the Bible says in John 4, 24, it says, The hour is coming and is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking, seeking such people to worship Him. You know, we come to church and we worship God, but that's not the only form of worship there is. There's reading his word. There's prayer. There's, there's, there's meditating on his word. There's worship. But let me tell you, everything that glitters isn't gold. You know, we watch the thing on worship. True worship is from your heart. It's not how loud we are, how good we are, how nice the lights are, how how much smoke we can fill this building with, with a smoke machine. It's not about that. Worship is about your heart being right with God and coming to Him and pouring your heart out to Him in reverence and in honor for who God is and what God has done for you. The day is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. That day is today. To worship God in spirit and in truth. That day is today. That day is tomorrow. That day is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Every day. Every day. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. When you love something, 
you love the Lord, you worship him. You worship him. Jesus is saying to us, it's time to roll away the stone. Even though our hearts, the stone of our hearts, even though our hearts might smell wretched and smell like death, Jesus can roll away that hardened stone over your heart and can speak life into you just like he spoke into that tomb of Lazarus and he told him to come out. God can do the same for you today because he is no respecter of persons and he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. Amen? God wants to roll away that stone. He's giving us
and the sheep is sitting up in the dog cart, and the meme says, Jesus needs the 99 to get the one. And the sheep is like, just sitting there looking around like this with a ball cap on, a shirt on, and it's sitting there, and it's outside going for a ride. And he just went and kicked that. It was the neatest little thing I've ever seen. I wish we could play it. Thank you. 